Hello everyone, welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby, and I just put down some leftover salad on the counter. We went out uh, with Casey's family, and Grandma didn't finish her Caesar salad. I did finish my Greek salad, and it was delicious. Also, Casey got a pizza with balsamic vinaigrette, mushrooms, and fig. It was very good. I had several pieces of it. Even while walking back to the car, I finished it. Now that we have talked about that, I want to say uh, something. I, I'm just coming off of a conversation with Casey about, um, hey, do you need this bank thing anymore? Um, we were in the car. Ooh, I have half a pot of coffee. I'm sorry I'm ADD right now, but I made a, a pot of coffee before we left and only could finish half of it. So I'm going to turn that back on and we're going to get caffeined up. Um, today I had a little mission where I was going through the filmographies of directors whose work I appreciated to fill in some gaps in my, uh, pretty much encyclopedic film knowledge, um, top tier, big brain film knowledge except for the names, never ask me anyone's names. But I will say, we'll talk about a couple of them. Uh, Joanna Hogg, kinda who got me started on this little mission because a few years ago, we watched one of her movies called Exhibition. It was what we picked it up from Videodrome in Atlanta, the DVD rental store, and watched it early in the day. And uh, I think it's from around 2006 or seven. And the movie deals with a couple and their marital issues, the strain on their relationship, which is a common Joanne Hogg theme, from what I can tell. It's a British, by the way. And. Uh, they're trying to sell their dream home. They've been living in it. The husband's an architect. They want to build a new home. So they have to sell the one that they love so much. And uh, very slow movie. But I, I went on her IMDb and she's made a pair of A24 movies since then called The Souvenir and The Souvenir Part 2. And uh, if you ever read the reviews of her movies on IMDb, it's quite the hoot because people really don't like them. But it clearly, I mean, they're A24 movies. So someone likes them, you know. I liked what I saw, the exhibition, but I definitely could understand not for everybody. And she was uh, largely critiqued as making very dull films too sympathetic to the uh, upper middle class upper middle class angst anyway I was going down the line of different filmmakers largely Korean filmmakers it ended up being but people from all over some Japanese stuff Taiwanese uh and I was torrenting them. I was downloading them. A lot of them are older movies. Some of them I didn't need to download or torrent because they are available on streaming sites. And I made a list for each streaming site of films I need to check out that I, you know, wouldn't be recommended 
by the top because they're in such little niches of the algorithm. Hey, an example, a couple examples of just films that weirdly I've not seen. Moonstruck with Cher and Nicolas Cage. That was on the list. As well as uh, Adaptation, Charlie Kaufman, Nicolas Cage. So, you know, there's some good stuff. But what makes me talk about this now, and I was, this is what I was saying to Casey in the car. We tend to not talk about pirating movies, pirating content. I think that people just know, oh, it's illegal, and they don't want to get in trouble. And I'll say flat out, I do not even use a VPN. I have been in trouble for torrenting in the past, and I continue to do it. I've really done it my whole life. I started torrenting music when I was probably eight years old, ruining the family computer on LimeWire. Right, uh, it was some of the or one of the earliest times I was ever exposed to porn. I was trying to download Avatar: The Last Airbender on LimeWire as a kid, or something like that. Maybe it was Naruto, and uh, it was actually like a sex scene. I remember it started with uh, a news report, like an Asian weather forecast, and then I was like, "What is this? Maybe they just captured the TV." And I fast forwarded, and it was just like a close-up shot of vaginal penetration. And I was probably, I was probably like nine, eight or nine years old. Um, Now, that being said, I don't think everyone is as uh, into pirating as I am, and that's fine. But I want to dispel some of the criticisms. Firstly, you really don't get in trouble for downloading torrents. I'm sure there have been one or two people that have uh, had the book thrown at them because some extremely litigious Warner Brothers or Disney um, was trying to make a point and went after a few people uh, once or twice. Like That's definitely happened. But for the most part, the, the not cool thing that they get mad at you for is distributing, which they call seeding. So you can download stuff. You can, once you've downloaded it, you can uh, share it as well. And that makes it faster to share for people. That is what could get you in trouble as my understanding. And I don't really do that. I delete the torrent as soon as it's downloaded into my computer. I delete it so that it doesn't uh, keep sending out. I think that's pretty safe practices. As to viruses, I just make sure that it's like about the size a movie would be. And that I recognize the file type extensions of things, you know. I try to only download the video file and potentially the English subtitles. Because nowadays, I'm almost only torrenting foreign films. And this is what brings me around to what we're getting at here. Everyone who needed money by working on and making a movie gets paid when the movie, like is done shooting, right? Maybe the editor, it's, that's a, an example of someone who gets paid a little bit later, but you know what I mean? They're, they just get paid like two weeks after they do the work, they get a check and that's it. Um, the only people who are above the line is what they call it and make money from a movie after the movie's made are already very rich and powerful if they are 
uh, making money on, you know, what do they call that? Um, royalties. If you're, if you can negotiate for royalties on a movie, whether that's in theaters or afterwards, like God, if you're getting portions of DVD sales uh, or anything like that, portions of streaming revenue, you're very well off already. Chances are, I mean, there's going to be some fringe cases, you know, like one hit wonder type people. Um, and that sucks, but I'm, I feel very much morally, uh, okay. Pirating movies because I know how it works and how, uh, people get paid for doing movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I've had, I don't want to, I don't want to go down any specific routes of like who would disagree with me. I don't want to give counter examples, but usually the people who are whining and crying that so many people torrented their thing that it lost them money. Um, they're full of it. They're delusional. They did something to deserve that lack of money anyway. Like it comes to mind, like Dana White of the UFC is always complaining and crying that so many people are pirating the UFC fights. And then you look at like how much the price of a UFC ticket, you know, for pay-per-view has been raised over the years. And you're like, yeah, man, you should have known better. You shouldn't have 10 X the price over five years. You know what I mean? So now that being said, another, and this is a higher level argument for pirating, and it comes more from my background in like playing video games and uh, being into that kind of stuff, is the archival element and w abandoned softwares or abandoned intellectual properties. These you can feel even more clear conscienced torrenting and what I mean what I mean by this is like say that there are old video games that were made by a company or companies that have long since been put out of business but who before they were put out of business got their games their intellectual property wrapped up in some obscure distribution contract with potentially another company that's also gone out of business or been acquired by someone who has uh, no intent to replicate or make available older legacy titles. So you see this all the time with, uh, there's people who now are making resto mod Game Boys or handheld game systems that don't take the physical media. You can't put a cassette from uh, you know, a Super Nintendo into one of these little things. They play games off of an SD card. So there have been jurisdictional kind of examples set where they say, hey, look, if, you're, if you already have bought media on a physical example and now you wish to play it on a new device and they don't make that media for that device, it's okay to quote unquote illegally download an abandoned software um, to, to play or to watch. And in that case, you also want to like replicate it and make sure that it's archived and spread out amongst many nodes. You want people to also take it and share it, copy it, hold it on your computer so that it doesn't get lost because 
now the community are the stewards of this uh, part of the human, you know, collective conscious. It's a big thing with video games, especially older ones. And then another example I brought up to Casey that I'm always seeing them uh, reference, or always, you know, I've seen it referenced in like news stories, is Kevin Smith's film Dogma, which starred like Ben Affleck and Salma Hayek, all those guys from back in the day. That used to be on Comedy Central all the time. It was like an indie darling of the late 90s. And uh, I've seen it, never thought much of it. But that's not available, supposedly. Uh, like, n- because of something to do with Harvey Weinstein, who produced the movie and panned it, and they kind of like buried it in an obscure Comedy Central, probably had something to do with it, or like United Artists or somebody, Paramount. So, you know, people like that. It, it gets into the... Uh, the back shelves and just is lost to time and gets locked up so that it will never be available for streaming or will never be remastered on Blu-ray or anything like that. So DVD copies of it go for crazy amounts and it is more reasonable to torrent. And it's actually like, that's the way to do it. Um, yeah, there was one movie I did. I had to do that back for in college. I had to order from eBay one of my, I've made like three eBay purchases in my life, and this was one of them. And it was a Super 8 version of the film that had been copied over to VHS that then this guy transferred over to DVD and uh, sent. And it was like only worked on certain DVD players. It skipped a lot. And it was a, uh, it had won an Oscar. It's like best documentary in like 1954 or something like that. And it was about Papua New Guinea making first contact with a tribe while they were doing this like deep dive into the jungles. I can't remember what it was called, but that was the kind of thing that the community had to resurrect. And, uh, yeah, today, you know, a lot of the stuff was available to rent for some money. And I was just like, no, I, this is a 30 year old movie. I'm not going to pay to watch it period. You know, if you want to get any revenue from this movie, if you had any interest in getting revenue from this movie, you would just set up a deal with Netflix or Prime or, or HBO or anyone to have it stream for free. And you'd get a little kickback based on how much it was actually watched. You know, they've made that system pretty transparent for people. And uh, I legitimately don't think that like the dude who made Parasite cares what you're doing with his first movie. They are, you know, he's not still making money off of that. They want you to see it. And it's kind of a shame that these things, which would do really well, I think, aren't available. Dude, there were some Norwegian movies that I was trying to get from the 90s that are like legitimately just not available even to torrent. And uh, or, or if they are, it's like from Tubi or Voodoo or some like lame service that you probably couldn't get working on your devices anyway, you know? So food for thought there. I mean, I recommend, I recommend you make a long list of cool movies. Uh, the handmaiden is one of them that I'm going to watch. That's on HBO. Uh, what was the other one was thirst about a vampire Korean movie about a guy who becomes a vampire. Uh, yeah, I did get the souvenir. Um, oh, Your Name 
your name is an anime that is like a young kid romance that has like nearly perfect marks on Rotten Tomatoes and was like on the IMDb list of best movie, you know, 200 best movies. It was like in the double digits. I never heard of that. There were some Bollywood movies and stuff that I was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not watching a Bollywood movie, even if it's the best one ever. Um, yeah. So, it's going to be some exciting times. I can't recall if anything was English. Oh, one movie was English. It was Stoker. I think I've seen it already. Uh, and it, it was... It was one of those Korean directors. I can't remember if it was Boon, John, whatever, or the other guy. It was either the guy that did Parasite or the guy that did Old Boy. And if those are the same guy, then it was the guy that did... Uh, Okja. <laughs> I don't know. It could all be the same guy. I, frankly, I have no clue. And then, uh, yeah... An exciting array of movies because it's going to be maybe a cloudy, rainy weekend. Anyway, thank you so much. Stay safe. Come again tomorrow.